The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we dive into the esoteric realm, the reality beyond our spectrum of perception and understanding. From the beginning of this platform, we've been asking the primordial questions. Who are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going? And most importantly, why are we here at this moment in time? Did we agree to being here, to learn a new lesson, or was it pure chance? What happens when we die? What's in the astral realm? And what is our true history? All of this and much more, coming up with tonight's special guest. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, Divinia water, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Tonight's special guests are Megan Martinez and Joseph Anthony, the Sedona Psychics. Megan is now sharing her gifts with the world to help others dealing with grief, individuals seeking clarity, and those ready to take the next step on the ascension path. Megan is a true Renaissance woman, a multimedia artist, visionary entrepreneur, an actionist dedicated to building a better world. Her website is divinemsm.com. And Joseph P. Anthony, as a leading psychic and professional astrologer for more than 25 years, Joseph has been featured on countless television and radio programs and has been the astrologer of choice for many noted athletes and celebrities. Lectures frequently, he helps you to understand the importance of your soul and being able to comprehend the symbols of the subconscious through the use of astrology. And we have more comprehensive bios on our website. And Joseph's websites are planetswithin.com and josephpanthony.com. And directly from Sedona, not too far away from here, I would like to welcome Mega Martinez and Joseph Anthony to Veritas. Hello and welcome. Hi. Hello. How are you? Fantastic. Well, yeah, living, living the dream. Absolutely. <laughs> we haven't been dealing with the esoteric topic for quite some time, but you know, this is the foundation of this program. As I said during the intro, the, the primordial question, why are we here? Who are we? But most importantly, the reason why we're here. Why don't we begin? I read a little bit of both of your bios, but I'm always interested to know what led you to be who you are today. You must have had some eureka moments in life. Who wants to go first? Go ahead, Megan. Uh, okay, I'll go first. It's kind of a, it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. I did not come to doing this work in a, in a traditional way. I, um, I basically was activated, uh, I'm, I would say about eight years ago 
into my full abilities. And I really don't even, I not even full abilities yet. And still something that's a work in progress. But, um, but what I am really is an interdimensional telepath. And so I use the word psychic. People are familiar with that. Um, but that's not, to, not really exactly what it is that I do. And, and what happened for me was I had met a psychic medium, um, who told me I could do what he could do and, uh, spending time around him. And then the combination of that and losing my father who passed away from cancer, which filled out my emotional body, activated my abilities that were kind of just trickling in up until that point. And then once, once it, uh, once I had both of those experiences, the exposure to the frequency and the, and the feeling, the filling out of the emotional wheel, um, I, I started causing power surges, things were jumping off of shelves. I could hear all these voices. And so I, I went, I set out on a journey to understand who I was and why this was happening to me and, um, and how to live with this new ability. And that was about eight years ago. And, and on the journey, I ended up having contact from, um, extraterrestrial beings and, and ascended masters and angels. And I ended up, um, working with people that are working on the f- new financial system and then I had been doing that exclusively. I did some work for one of those government agencies, one of those three-letter agencies doing like remote viewing and and um, and uh, deciphering messages from off-planet for them. Um, and that's really how I got kind of deeper trained. And then um, and then I and then a few years ago, I decided to open up and and use my abilities to help people, um, just, you know, regular citizens around the world that were, um, and that kind of honed my skills as a medium. And now I'm, uh, I'm no longer taking clients as a medium as of last week. And I'm moving into my life as a mystic. And, uh, and so that's kind of an abridged version of how I got to where I am today. Before I go with you, Joe, just uh, one thing jumped out at me when you were discussing your bio, Megan, you mentioned the new financial system. Any relation to the economic for the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset? Um, yes and no. So there's a lot of misinformation out there, and there are multiple groups that are vying for um, the the position as the new system. And I just happen to work with some gentlemen that are working on that, and I've been um, kind of guiding and communicating messages from upstairs to them on how to build it, who to work with and, and that sort of thing. So, um, so it does have something to do with, with a financial reset that's occurring, but most of the stuff that's on the internet about that is, is misinformation. We'll, we'll get back to that. Now, Joe, tell us about your, your journey. Well, it started uh, when I was born. And as far back as I could remember, I had this uh, burning curiosity about who I was and where I came from and why was I brought to this family? Why do I live in this town? Uh, you know, it was, I, I think I came out of the womb asking questions and um, I couldn't find any answers. To be honest with you, I grew up in New York and uh, to a traditional uh, Italian family that, you know, just straight off the boat. And, uh, you know, for many years, I was just searching and searching. I started uh, reading all kinds of publications and uh, all kinds of uh, material based on uh, mysticism and astrology and, and whatnot. And I still couldn't find any answers. 
But as I got older in life, uh, in my late 20s, I began to really dig deeper into the esoteric and metaphysical side of it, primarily the astrology and the symbolism. And I began to read all of the mythologies and the stories and whatnot, and I began to piece it all together. And I realized that basically that everything in this universe is basically energy. Uh, I studied some quantum physics. Um, you know, I, I've just been fascinated by human nature my entire life. And when I got to all of this metaphysical stuff, I realized that basically it's a symbolic language for understanding the source. The source communicates with us through symbols, through dreams, through interpretation, through feelings. Uh, it's beyond the five senses. And we all have this ability, but you just have to be able to use it or utilize it because we're all part of the source. So my journey started from a very young age. And it really didn't start to blossom until my late 20s. And then it really took off in my 30s. And, uh, you know, in my 40s, it was just like, I, I, I think I've unlocked the keys to the universe, you know. Uh, but by studying numerology, astrology, all of it, all the symbolism. And so I've studied all the birthdays, all 366 birthdays out of the year. Uh, I mean, when I talk to clients, I basically, they give me a birthday and a name. And my, I'm already tuning into them within the first couple of minutes and I know what they're all about, what's going on in their lives, the whole nine yards. So it seems to come natural to me. Um, I know I've done this before, probably another lifetime and many other lifetimes. Um, but I'm also uh, fortunate enough to be born on a birthday that has natural psychic ability like Megan. She also is a natural psychic. There are certain birthdays that indicate a strong psychic connection to other realms of consciousness. So I would say, uh, you know, my path, I, I, you know, I've discovered my path in my late 20s. And, and now I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. And that is to bring more light to the world in terms of uh, information and knowledge and remind people of who they really are. I'm not a psychic like you, but do I do I estimate that both of you and even I grew up Catholics? Uh, yeah, I was raised like culturally Catholic, like. I, in a Mexican-American household. Um, but we, we really were mostly just, you know, the kind that show up on, um, on you know, for Midnight Mass. Midnight and, Mass and on the 24th. Wednesday. Right. I was a Catholic light at about the age of 12. I said, this is all, this is all hogwash. <laughs> and I told my parents, I'm not doing any of this stuff anymore. And being the rebellious one in the family, uh, they let me do what I wanted. And then I studied religions and I totally understand what, you know, Catholicism is all about. <laughs> this is why I'm asking you, because I was an altar boy for many years, but I'm also just out of the womb asking questions. And I got in trouble so many times because I questioned the narrative. And this is just yeah. what, what's happening right now. I mean, I understand the dogma. You're not supposed to question dogma. But even right now, we are not supposed to even question science, which has become dogmatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, what's what's going on, what I've discovered and, and what Megan, I'm sure, has discovered as well is from an early age, we are indoctrinated into a, a certain belief system because our parents got that and our grandparents got that. And, you know, society just keeps passing it along. And so from the moment we're born, we're, you know, we're brought into these boxes, these uh, these boxes of belief. You know, you're this, you're that. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to get this education. You're supposed to make this much money. Go to this school. You're supposed to be a good little Catholic boy or Catholic girl. And you're constantly being directed your entire life. But that cycle is about to break. 
And we see it now thanks to the Internet and technology and also uh, some form of energy that's coming in that seems to be awakening us all on some deeper level. Absolutely. I've talked uh, a lot publicly about my indoctrination and undoing <laughs> because I, I, I was raised in um, California and spent most of my life in the Silicon Valley. And when you live there, you know, the religion's not really a big major thing. And and so you kind of are of this mindset that you escaped indoctrination without realizing that you're being indoctrinated more on the political side of things. And so you have to kind of undo all of that to start to see the truth. And so what I've seen happen, what I think has happened is that people gravitate towards religion throughout history because people need a purpose and a meaning and a code of conduct for life. And now I, that doesn't mean that I support organized religion. I just, I can see the benefit of it in people's lives throughout history. Um, but when you remove that, people are still want that sort of thing. And so the religion of modern day has become politics and science. And that's why the beliefs around it are so dogmatic. Would it be safe to say that in order to escape indoctrination, we must unlearn most of what we learned? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Megan. Well, I was, I, I was explaining this on a show that we just did recently, and I can't, for some reason, I can never remember what, what the brainwave is. But, but what Joe was saying about identity and how um, all these identities that we put on, um, they really trap us in, into this illusion or this matrix that we're living in. And so in order, to, um, in order to really shift the brain, when the brain shifts the most, when, when you do the most change is when, when you let go of these identities. And they're really, really what we're doing, too, is we're moving beyond the personality and into the soul. Because the soul is who we really are. The personality is this what we develop um, as an armor, kind of, for our experience here on Earth. And so the identities are all part of the personality. And the soul doesn't subscribe to the, any of these identities. In fact, one of the things that happens when you cross over to the other side is there is an angel that cuts away um, all the concepts of race from you. Because those are things that are really highly ingrained in you here and um, in a human experience when really there is no race. Um, we're all just souls, right? So, so you have to carve away all these false identities in order to truly embrace consciousness and oneness. So true. Um, I, I want to add that what happens is, is um, from an early age, we're, sh we're totally unsure of who we are. But there are many kids that are coming in today that are highly intuitive, and they remember a lot because of the timelines that they're coming in on. But for the most part, uh, most people just come in and uh, they have to relearn everything that they've ever experienced uh, about their soul, about their spirit. But unfortunately, because of today's society, um, there's a lot of fear. Uh, you know, fear that the child's not going to get properly educated, fear that the child is going to get sick and needs uh, vaccinations, fear that the child is not going to be successful, fear that the child is not going to be born, uh, you know, uh, with all its limbs and so on. So there's a lot of fear that's that's being produced at an early age. And this fear uh, needs an outlet of some kind. And so religion seems to be the the perfect fit for it for many families to cope with it, because if you know, you're you're a young parent in your 20s and you're having a, a child or two. 
um, you're still a kid yourself, basically not understanding who you really are. And now you're bringing another child into this world. And so you're bringing another soul into this world without learning who you really are. So it's about remembering everything. And so what happens is, is that we embrace these experiences and these interactions with these adults we call our parents. Then we start meeting other people outside of our comfort zone, which are friends and other family members. And we start to research and look into things or we try at a little deeper level. And so the first thing that comes up is, you know, uh, our eyes are looking at someone else and they're seeing a male or a female. Uh, these days, of course, it could be 29 different genders, according to some. But uh, anyway, it's like 92 now. Yeah, 92 <laughs> genders now. But anyway, um, so there's a level of fear that's involved at the very young age uh, that's looking for an understanding or is looking for uh, a meaning or purpose. And so religion fits that bill because uh, let's just say Christianity, for instance, you know, you have a, a cross with a man uh, uh, on this cross who, you know, you could show them that this man died for your sins and all this other stuff. But, you know, and, they, and that's all they know that the parent knows. So it can't comprehend beyond the symbolism. So it's easy to believe things when you see them and hear them and uh, and just take them at face value. But now we're learning, of course, in this day and age, that everything we've been taught is basically one giant fat lie, from religion to the monetary system to politics to you know other beliefs that we have been indoctrinated into. And we're seeing it for what it is. This is why society is collapsing right now or transforming right now, because those old belief systems are going right out the window. I've heard this notion lately, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because you are the psychist, I'm not. But some people say this notion of the light, if you're dying, go to the light. But I've heard some others who say, don't go to the light, because if you do, you are returning to this realm we call Earth to repeat another life. What's your take on this? Uh, okay, so so actually, it's so there, there was this um, soul recycling like kind of trap that people were going through and it wasn't going into light. It was actually, you just fell into a darkness and then you popped out into another life. And I've seen this happen with people. I, I had had an experience like this where I just fell into darkness. And then I'm back here again without having gone into the light, without having been returned to the source and being cleansed. And, and uh, just, and what happens when that, when that, when that occurs is that you carry a lot of the trauma that you um, that you had from the previous life because you go right back into it. And so this goes into a little bit of what Joseph was saying about um, about Jesus dying for our sins, because when I was a child, now just like you, I had a lot of questions and I just wasn't buying the whole narrative around um, around religion. And and so one thing that troubled me for a very long time was how is it that this man died 2000 years ago for our sins and we can just do whatever we want. And as long as we believe in him and let him into our heart, it's all good. And so I didn't really quite understand what they were saying until I had spent all this time traveling through the astrals and understanding the process of death. And, um, and this is, so this is what it truly means when they say that Jesus died for our sins is that when you pass away, when you die and you cross over to the other side, you go through um, a place called the lower astral realm, um, which can kind of also be referred to as a purgatory. And this is a place where uh, uh, people draw 
like black magic from, right? So there's magic, that magic is magic and it comes from a lower place. And so it's limited. And the reason that we have guides that help us cross over, um, like either angels will come to get you or family members will come to get you to help bring you into the light so that you can return to God and not, and not into this fake soul trap. Um, is because this is a very difficult place to traverse if you are not a skilled astral traveler. And so you go through that and then you go off to um, what is a human heaven. And it's kind of off to the side from where we are. And um, that's where the soul kind of awaits. And heaven is actually something that it's not a physical place, but a place within the mind of the soul. And you experience whatever it is that your soul views as heaven. And during this time, you go through what is called a life review. And uh, you are the one that conducts your own life review. There are there are guides and aids that help determine where you're going to go next based on your performance here down on earth uh, and the agreement with your own soul. Um, but during this process, when the veils of illusion are removed, people are forced to look at themselves honestly, something that they don't have to do down here. And they get to see exactly who they were. And this is where the idea of sin comes into play, right? So you see who you were, and sometimes your sins are so um, just unnerving to you that you assign yourself to a place called hell or to the dark death realms. And, and these were actually created by us um, to punish ourselves. And really, God is just unconditional love. And so God doesn't judge you or punish you. We choose to do that as ourselves. So what Jesus did with the lifetime is, is he turned on his ka body, his astral light, and is, or his, um, sorry, his, his light body, and he left a trail of light through the underworld so bright that when people left here, that they would find their way back to God instead of sending themselves into these darker dimensions and getting trapped for however long they get trapped down there. And so that really is what that story is about. And there are a lot of stories in the Bible and it's a collection of stories um, that were clearly written by men um, over, you know, allegories to help teach you things peppered in with, you know, other stuff to help misdirect you and um, put some, put some truths in there. And so, and so that's the kind of understanding that I came to about what it really meant that story or what it really meant to, to, for him to have died for our sins and to sin really just means to miss the mark, right? That's really all it means is that you missed the mark. You did, you didn't do the higher path. You, you chose a lower, um, a lower vibration and you're just realizing that because we're really, what we're doing here overall is that we're, we're mastering our emotional bodies so that we can return back to the oneness with God? Um, you know, the first thing I, I would say is that uh, what I realized by studying metaphysics and quantum physics is that everything in this universe is energy. We know at a subatomic level that our, basically our cells are vibrating and there's nothing there but empty space. It's just some sort of vibrating energy and that we're made up of this source. Whatever name you want to give it, it doesn't matter. It is pure light is pure or consciousness, whatever name you want to, it's beyond our comprehension in these physical suits. Because I, I've actually had two very dear friends who had near-death experiences, and one is very well known and, you know, was dead for 27 minutes and came back to life. 
and the stories that he tells is just incredible. But basically, if you look at everything as energy, pure energy and consciousness that's vibrating, and that this physical plane is actually a heavy density, third dimensional field that is basically vibrating at a lower rate. So when we cross over and we leave this physical plane, we are going through the realms of consciousness or space and time where we're getting lighter and lighter and lighter. And we ultimately connect to the source, like Megan was saying. But first, we do have to go through these processes, yes, of judging ourselves. We relive everything we've ever experienced. I mean, everything. And then we eventually are guided back towards this bright, shining light that is, as my friend said, it uncomprehensible. There are no words to describe it. The love that was felt when he connected with the energy was it was it was it was beyond euphoric. Okay, and I can understand that. (laughs) So basically, when we say returning to the light, yes, I believe that there are other extraterrestrials or interdimensional beings that are far more advanced than we are that know how to access, you know, fourth dimension, fifth dimension, understand consciousness. They understand how to travel through space and time. The evidence is overwhelming for this. And they can, if they are uh, manipulative or they feed off of human souls and energy, yes, I'm sure they'd want to harness some of that light. You know, unfortunately, it's a lower vibrational light. But when we see the light, and I I often see the light when I'm going to sleep or dreaming, I could see the light sort of, uh, that doesn't mean I'm dying, I'm accessing information. And there's a way to do it, because uh, I've had several experiences with uh, ayahuasca and magic mushrooms, and it is very profound when you start activating that pineal gland, and you start seeing the light, and you start seeing multi-dimensional light, and colorful light, and the geometry, and all this other stuff. So, but this light that you're talking about, Mel, I think is very distinctive and you know it's the right light because you start feeling it. And that's the key. You start going through this tunnel from what I was told by my two friends and that you are traveling into this tunnel. And when you reach that tunnel, it opens up to you. That realm opens up to you. You know, you've reached something of great importance and you begin to feel it. You begin to sense it. This other artificial light may not be the same type of light, you know, that Megan was talking about, these lower realms that are trying to harness energy or trying to guide the soul back or keep it at limbo or in purgatory. Um, That is a very strong possibility as well. And here's the key that I've discovered. And like Megan said, it really depends on you. If you're someone that is very fear-based and angry-oriented, and you were to die that way, guess what realm you're going to attract? You know, you're going to attract the lower vibrational realm. You're not going to make it as far as you think you you can into the light. If you're someone that sees the world, hey, I did the best I could. I loved everything and everyone. I loved my life. Guess what? You have a better chance now of reaching that light that end uh, and reconnecting with the source. So it's really an interpretation of the individual and the vibration that they came into this lifetime with and how they awakened, or how deep did they go to awaken and remember who they really were, or, or, or are, because we really never die, we just transform. So it really depends on the individual and how they perceive the light or the source. So, Let me Absolutely. play devil's advocate for a moment. 
You, you know this. Uh, when a baby's born, the mother produces the love hormone, oxytocin, which could mm-hmm. act as a hallucinogen. Or the fact that mm-hmm. we, according to the work of Dr. Rick Strassman and others, that we produce mm-hmm. levels of LSD, which is a psychedelic. Mm-hmm. Could our body be producing these hormones in critical times, for example, when you're dying, in order to acclimate you to the pain that comes before you say goodbye? Sure, absolutely. And by the way, we were, we produce DMT uh, in the food we eat. A lot of the green vegetables, DMT, that's what uh, it meant. Yes. green vegetables produce dimethyltryptamine. So it's activating the pineal gland. So uh, yes, absolutely, the body can produce that. But uh, where does the soul go after it leaves the body? Because you could only take that so far after the body, after the soul lifts out of the body. And we know this, you know, through science. And I, I believe we have instruments now that can measure this stuff uh, that now the, you can't say that it's the physical body anymore because something, in essence, has left the physical body. And so where is it going? What is it reconnecting with? And this is where we go into interdimensional, uh, you know, talk and, and we have to understand dimensions and frequencies and light and sound, because that's the realm, the realms we're talking about. Um, I just want to uh, just interject one other thing here. I read a wonderful book years ago. Somebody handed it to me called The Afterlife of Billy Fingers by Annie Keegan. It is one of the best books. It's a very simple read, but it's one of the best books on understanding interdimensional travel and light and sound and frequency from a perspective of someone who was a a real drug user, uh, not a nice person, uh, you know, did not do good things in this world and was able to connect with that light and that source and literally communicate with his sister who he's very close to. And she's the one that wrote the book, but it was very profound and very convincing because of the stuff that he was conveying to her about the dimensions and other things that she did not know about that actually turned out to be true. So uh, one, of the, one of the best reads I've ever had, it was a simple read. You could read it in you know, one day. Um, and it described all of these uh, processes of when we leave the soul. I mean, when we leave the body and we become that soul again or that energy. Yeah. So and I'll just add into the. So I'm not just musing about what's possible out there. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you experiences that I've had. I've traveled through the dimensions. I've gone into the light in this lifetime consciously. And I've gone in there and I've experienced it. And, and what Joseph describes is absolutely accurate. It's a place of unbelievable bliss. Um, it's unbelievable beauty. It's experiencing everything all at once. And it's a place beyond fear where you can experience it all at once and not get over overrun by it because outside of that is where you would experience nirvana which i've also experienced and and um and nirvana is an amazing feeling as well um the feeling of everything all at once but it's still getting filtered through the individual soul and so it's it's still getting filtered through um what i call the emotional body if you're human um, and you still have one. And so that can be a bit overwhelming, which is why we need to master our emotional body in order to be able to experience all that is all at once. And so you could explain things away with science, but what is science without spirituality? They're not separate. And I think that there's been, I have no problem using the word God um, because I, that's just something that's, it's a term that, that we all 
kind of know and understand to refer to a certain energy. And I think that part of the indoctrination and part of the part of the programming here to keep us stuck in this reality has made people shy away from these terms because it, it's part of what keeps you trapped down here to to be the the you know the intellectual atheist the smart one that doesn't fall for the god trick well god's not a trick this is really what's happening and there's a there's a hierarchy of existence and um and it's a wonderful and beautiful thing and when we understand our place in it we can we can learn how to move through it and so um so it's it's pretty freaking amazing i remember the concept of purgatory as you mentioned before, to a place where you spend some time before you, you go to heaven, for example. But everything is about perspective. To some, earth could be purgatory. It could also be Eden, heaven, and to some, even hell. How do we know that we are not here in any of those realms? Well, it, it's really based on your perception of reality. Um, the moment you're born, you're being influenced by that energy or that timeline. And that's what I've discovered by studying astrology and numerology and the birthdays is that it depends on your soul and what it needs to learn or experience in this lifetime. And so let's say, for instance, you come back as a Virgo. Okay. A Virgo is a, someone who is very analytical. Uh, they can be very pessimistic. They could be very, uh, much, uh, a critic. Uh, and I'm just generalizing again. It's not every Virgo, but you could be uh, always saying no to everything, not wanting to experience the symbol, symbol again, the symbolism of the of the Virgo virgin is uh, not necessarily a, a sexual uh, being, but is one that represents uh, a wheat, uh, a shaft of wheat. And uh, so let's say your perception going through reality now is of a Virgo. You are very skeptical of everything that is presented to you. On the one hand, that's a plus because you're digging deeper into the truth. But let's say you come into this lifetime as, let's say, a Pisces and you believe everything that people tell you. And your lesson in this lifetime is to, to, to understand or discern what's true and what's not true. But in that poor, my, uh, poor my, uh, Pisces mind, you see the higher realms of consciousness because Pisces are very intuitive and they are very much in these higher realms of consciousness at times. And so you have a difficult time differentiating between what's real and what's not. So that soul goes through its experiences that it needs to go through. Does that make sense, uh, Mel? It does. It does. And by the way, you almost okay. described one of my brothers who's a Virgo, a lot of those attributes that you mentioned. Okay. okay. So it really depends on the individual and what it needs to learn in this lifetime, in this experience, because the, the soul is actually chose, you know, it chose to be back here in this physical world, because, I mean, we could have all stayed up in this higher realm of consciousness without physical form. We wouldn't be experiencing what we can in these physical suits. So it's actually a blessing or a gift to be in these physical suits and being able to move and touch and smell and taste and so on and so forth. But it really is up to the individual. So my only uh, bone of contention is, is that depending on your birthday and what you came into this lifetime to do, you're going to perceive your reality in that way until you could reach these higher uh, realms of consciousness in yourself. Where you reach this awareness, you become, you become more awake and aware that you're not your physical body, you're not your astrology, you're not your, your, your belief system, and you move beyond that. 
And that's the key. And that's what I, I try and help people understand that because I went through that myself. So it's, it's important to get to, uh, and that's what I do right now in this world. And Megan does the same and many others like us is to get to people and help them understand who they really are. They're not their belief systems. They're not their bodies. They're not their titles. They're not their money. They're some form of energy in a physical container having these experiences. So, but it all depends on you and your experiences and your reality. And of course, the timeline you came in on. So that's the way I perceive it. Yeah, the the whole perspective thing is really important here. And that's what I work on a lot with people when I'm doing emotional work with them and and helping, you know, people on the path to emotional mastery is is your perspective, your thoughts, they create your reality. And so the first time that I experienced Nirvana, they said to me, um, do you understand now what a gift it is, the body that we gave you? Do you understand now that that body gives you a respite from everything that is so that you can have your unique experience and have the space to process what it is that you're seeing. And they asked me, do you think humans are ready to experience this? And I said, no, I don't think so. Cause it's very intense and it's very beautiful, but it's also really intense. And, and going back into the thoughts, creating the reality. Well, another thing that they also said to me in my travels was that there are two things that keep you out of the kingdom of heaven sense of fear and sense of self, right? And these are two perspectives that you can live in here down, down on this, on this place. So the, so the kingdom of heaven is something that exists within you. It's not a physical place um, for you to go to. It is a place that you can unlock through changing your perspective and changing your reality. And so you can experience things differently here where we can see right now that we're not having the same experience as everyone else that's here on this planet we're already living in two different realities those of us who are aware of these concepts and those of us who are still stuck in the matrix so uh, this is also something that i noticed with people that deal with addiction um is that they are in a victim mindset and they cannot see any reason for gratitude um, they only see their pain and, and this allows them to stay in that addiction. And so it's, it's, it's how you can see, like, like for instance, I grew up in a, in a house of, uh, I'm, I'm one of nine children and some of my siblings have suffered, um, and struggled with depression and addiction. And we all grew up in the same home. Um, but I had the ability to see the bright side and to be grateful. And they just didn't have that ability through the trauma. And so they experience it in a much different way and they're experiencing life in a much different way. And so it really all has to do with your, your perception of reality and, and remembering that we chose to be here, that it's a gift to be here. And it's only a hell if you think of it that way. I think uh, we can all agree that most of our history has been hidden from us, which reminds me of a conversation I had with the late Dolores Cannon years ago, who told me that most people are born with amnesia because we are here to learn a lesson. And if we knew our past, it would be the equivalent of cheating on a test. Your opinion on this? Uh, I would totally agree with that. But imagine if you had a terrible lifetime in another life and you brought that back with you. Let's say, for instance, you were killed or you died in a horrific accident and you were able to remember that. How, how, how sad of a childhood would you have early on in your life? You know, that would not be pleasant. 
So the amnesia is something that I guess we have to we have to experience. The soul has to be wiped clean in order to give it another shot at experiencing something different. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a necessity. And uh, Dolores was right on the money. I've listened to a lot of her lectures and, and, and talks, and uh, she was definitely way ahead of her time. So um, I would totally agree with, with her on that statement about uh, wiping, the, the, wiping it clean. The problem right now is, is that we have a higher vibration and a frequency that's coming in that is blurring the realities between the past, pre present, and future. And it's something that most people are not used to. And so I can't tell you how many clients I've talked to who have said, well, I've always felt like I was psychic and I've had visions all my life and all this stuff, but I never, you know, never done anything with it. And the first thing I'd ask is, uh, what religion were you brought up in? And they would say Catholic or this and that. And I would say, well, there's your, there's the reason that it's been holding you back because you have a conflicting belief system within yourself. And so we're seeing that psychosis unfolding today as, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about the energy in a little bit, but, um, there is a, a frequency change that's taking place. Mel, I don't know if you hear, do you hear the high-pitched squealing in your ears from time to time when you're quiet and by yourself? I suffer of tinnitus for about 20 it's years now. Yes. It's not tinnitus. <laughs> it's a high-pitched frequency that's coming from the galactic center. And we'll get into all, all of that, but we'll let Megan answer the well, uh, question. I call, it, I call it tinnitus. But yeah. it's this this ring in my ears. Almost, do you remember? And those folks who are listening to us may or may not remember if you're older, the modems that we used to have in the 80s and 90s, and you hear that pitched noise, oh, yeah. which is downloading information. Could there be a correlation in the types of ringing in the ears that we get, and all of a sudden we get this? You know, I'm, I'm sleeping with this ringing, and the next morning I have this new concept that I had no idea it existed. Mm -hmm. It's more like a, a um, download. It's more like the fre frequency thing. Think of it as like a dog whistle. Um, it's it's in a frequency that's higher than your own vibration, and therefore it's coming to you like a kind of like a whistle. But yeah, you're getting a download of information, or you're tapping into a different frequency. And so yeah, and then back to the other thing, I definitely agree with Joseph and, and Dolores Cannon about the and what I call the great forgetting. And, and I also think about it from this perspective is that you could have been a murderer in your last lifetime and you get to come back and have the experience of being a good person of not, or well, I'm going to say good person because but that's more of an advanced topic, but, um, but, a, you know, to, to choose the higher path and, and by not being reminded of your mistakes in the past, you have a better chance of choosing that higher path. And so that's why I believe that the forgetting is also very beneficial. It gives you a clean, fresh, like a fresh, clean slate to start with. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this now. We've had fluoride in our water. I don't mean to deviate, but everything's connected. We've had fluoride in our water, aluminum in our air, glyphosate in our food, all create negative health effects. But I think they have been doing this for the last 50, 70 years in order to calcify our pineal gland. And mm -hmm. I think it's not working. And this is why we get this new COVID-19 and ID 2020. I don't know if you've heard this, but supposedly this new vaccine and Moderna, supposedly mm -hmm. the acronym for Moderna is modifying of endogenic RNA. And this apparently has some technology 
nanobots inside that supposedly are going to alter our chromosome 8, which is responsible for our empathy and our God connection. Have you heard this? Or in your psychic travels, have you noticed this? Megan, do we know a little bit about this? <laughs> Take off your yeah, gloves. No, we, we, we are very well versed in all of this. <laughs> We uh, we basically are on the same wavelength. By the way, COVID. Okay, what does COVID stand for? Certificate of Vaccination, vaccination ID. ID. Yep. Did you know that, Mel? I did. I did. Okay, so we're all on the same wavelength. Basically, what you're suggesting and what we kind of have investigated the same thing is that humanity is absolutely being conditioned or being. Um, let's say, altered in some way. Now, this is nothing new. This is goes back to the 1800s when the powers that shouldn't be, uh, and we know it starts with an I, the group that, that's behind it all, that realized that the, in the future that humanity was going to overpopulate this planet. So they started implementing a plan in the 1800s, the late 1800s, called eugenics. I'm sure both of you have heard the term. Sure. And it started actually here in the United States. Then it was brought to Germany and back over two. here. Yeah. And eugenics was all about sterilizing women and, and, and trying to reduce the birth rate. And so what you've got here, that was the really the first program. And then it moved forward. Uh, they discovered war is a great way to wipe out people as well. So the bankers decided to whole, you know, have a lot more wars. But then they found another way. They discovered that, hey, why don't we uh, spread some diseases and germs and so on and see if we could uh, eradicate some of the population or at the very least, at least sterilize them. So they started introducing these chemicals into the food and water, like fluoride. Uh, and then, of course, a nice uh, chemical company out of Germany, IG Farben, which later became, I believe, Monsanto. And I'm sure we've heard that lovely name became a food company. Gee, what a coincidence, right? That's like a, a Bayer aspirin or the Bayer company in Germany now. Well, Bayer bought owned, Monsanto. Right, exactly. They own Monsanto. So my point being is, is whoever's behind these companies has known all along that the agenda was to slow the birth rate down and to kill off a certain amount of population. So it all ties into the pineal gland being calcified, It, you know, the food that we eat. The GMOs, all of this stuff. There's an agenda behind it, and it's huge, and it's all there. The evidence is all there. They they've become so uh, you know uh, blazing, and and they don't even care who who knows anymore. They are just literally you know agenda 21, agenda 2030. I, I mean, they are uh, they're just out there doing what they're doing because they don't really care anymore. This but it a, all ties into this. There's a reason why they do it publicly, and it's called a tacit agreement. And basically what's going on in this reality is this. There are fallen beings who have left the grace of God, who can no longer feed off of source energy, who have turned this planet into their, their fuel source. And so all the people here are their food. And when we awaken to our sovereignty, to our true selves, we're no longer agreeing to this reality. And so... What they do is they put it out in front of us. They put it into the movies, into the television, into the media. It's all out there for everyone to, to learn about. And when you know about it and you choose to continue to comply, 
and to not claim your sovereignty. You are in a tacit agreement to continue being the fuel for these beings. And so that that is the that is the true root of all of these agendas, all of these different agendas. And it's really interesting, you know, when all of this started, I happened to the co- the whole COVID, the lockdown. I, I'm always being again put around very interesting people. And so I happened to be um, hanging out with the woman that was running the Moderna trials. And um, she had all the all the binders on all the, the inserts on what was in them. And, and we had lengthy discussions about what it was. And her explanation of the, RM, the mRNA was that it's just a messenger RNA that goes directly to the cell and tells it to fight against the virus. And so, so I talked to, you know, I talked to her and she was, you know, running all the science and, and, um, the people that are actually in the labs creating this have no, no idea about the, um, the overarching plan for what it is that they're working on. So I found that very interesting. Um, she was a wonderful woman, um, very charming, very sweet very intelligent um and and uh had no 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 really big view on on the overall implications of what it was they were creating i remember in the 80s or the 90s you had these companies and i'm going to mention that they're giving free advertising but it was antivirus which we still have right now but uh, you know many of those companies were caught giving the virus out to hackers and then coming out with the quote-unquote solution. And knowing that Bill Gates is part of all of this, he has mm-hmm. as, as many degrees as we all have in medicine, right? All of a sudden, he's king of the world. He's the vaccine phase of the world. And we know that he comes from a lineage of eugenesis. Why is it that such a big segment of the population looks at him as a god, a savior, without looking at his past? Because the average person can't get beyond the fact that who they even are. You know, I hate to say this, but 70 to 75 percent of the population on this planet is, is still asleep. It doesn't understand things beyond the, what they could see or touch or hear. So they act as if, you know, like the, uh, like the ocean. Uh, for instance, I'll give you an example. The, the planet is made up of what? Primarily water, right? 70 to 75% of the mass of the earth is made of water. So since we're talking about systems that are constantly duplicating themselves in, a, in, in, in symbolism and in geometry and sacred geometry and all of that, it's basically we keep reproducing, um, even ourselves, they keep reproducing so let's say the Earth is 75% water. So it's natural that the planet would have 70 to 75% of just humans or souls that are just going to be very simplistic in their view of the world, just like the body of water that just sits there and, and basically goes along with the Earth as it's moving, you see? So you, you, what's happening right now is is that more and more people are awakening to how this system is working, how this matrix is uh, this matrix is working because of two factors. One, because of technology, the internet, the smartphones, all of this stuff is helping us to exchange information at a faster rate. And two, the frequency is changing. The energy that's coming in is almost giving us more superpowers. 
if you notice that you're becoming more intuitive or you're becoming more sensitive. Uh, and, and that's an ability that we all have because the, vib the vibration is changing or going up a few notches that we were talking about earlier, the frequency of the ears, we're becoming more aware of things. And this is what the word apocalypse means. It's a Greek word that means to reveal, to unveil. So we're going down this path of unveiling and revealing how the powers that be are working and operating. This guy, Bill Gates, it basically is spending millions of dollars to promote himself, to bribe people, to get them to write puff pieces. He's been scrubbing the internet of any negativity that it's, he's ever had with uh, Microsoft. We all know, those that have done the research, know that he stole this from IBM and you know, even screwed over uh, Steve Jobs at Apple. Apple, right. I mean, there's documentary after documentary of what he's done, but he scrubbed the internet because he's got a lot of money. Uh, and people, you know, they tend to worship people that are, achieve a level of, of of awareness in society that they think that they deserve, like like ball players. Okay, I'm sorry, but I don't, you know, I don't see worshiping a ball player or somebody who's made billions of dollars or whatever it is. I don't worship any of them because I could see right through them. You know, if you're someone that is going to use your money and help other people and and, and better the world, then I'll 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 give you kudos all day long. But if you're someone that perceives, you know, that, that pretends to be this savior, oh, we're going to save the children. They're no longer going to have uh, polio in these third world countries. But yet you're crippling them or worse than that, you're sterilizing them and you're saying that you're doing something good in the world. You're a, you're an outright liar. So people don't understand this. And this is the big uh, issue that I seem to have uh, with many people, especially with this election. And I'm sure we'll get into that where they don't quite understand what is really going on. They just listen to mainstream media and watch a few videos and they, they think they know everything. And, well, and that's the most frustrating thing. Part of the problem is mind control. And this is another very real thing. I have seen the actual government documents, the original documents of the mind control program and what it really is and what the agenda is. And there is mind control going on. We're being inundated with frequencies constantly. And there are certain states where it's very, very high. Like Arizona is one of those states. We've got a lot of those frequencies going on here. Um, Oregon is another one of those states. There's a lot, it's a big experiment in mind control. And look what's happening in Oregon. Look at the civil unrest is there. That is not a natural occurrence. And so mind control is the reason that people are such big fans of, of Bill Gates and are unable to see um, the forest through the trees. And, and, uh, and so, or the other way around, I always get that statement, that saying wrong. Um, and so... <laughs> It's 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 more than just um, cognitive dissonance or or people being asleep. There there's there there's mind control going on to keep people from from asking the right questions and and this is what affects them. In fact, television right? Television is a huge component. Like it is mind control in action. So so Tesla created uh, the energy so that we could have the television and so that in the future that it could help heal people and and educate people. So you could sit in your in your home in your living room and the TV would play frequencies at you or color therapies or or educate you on the actual true history of, of the world. That's that's really what was behind the television initially. That's why it was created. 
but it happened to be a great tool for mind control and it got put into the wrong hands. And now that's what it does. So uh, this is why I encourage people and invite people to turn off the news, turn off the television, stop watching it, stop, stop getting programmed by this, by this device. Um, because that's what kind of keeps you in this like tacit agreement, um, to, to continue this reality. And so, um, so I, I try to have a little bit of like just mercy or, or forgiveness or understanding for people that are, that are still living in the, in that, that reality, because there are a lot of things working against them to keep them there. And they've done an excellent job. It also, uh, and she's correct that everything she just said about the mind control, it really depends on the individual when the time is right, you know, to want to know more. The problem is, is most people, like she said, are being mind controlled and, you know, they're living a simple existence. You know, they go to work, they have a family, they have responsibilities and they don't want to know anymore. But that's all going to change. And that is beginning to change, you know, mm. because of the frequency shift. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, no, that's absolutely right. I'm glad you mentioned that because we keep talking about AI on this program and the fact that in the near future, perhaps in the next 10 to 20 years, we're going to have complete industries, completely changed into AI, take the transportation industry, all these truckers. And I hate to say, because I have a lot of truckers who listen to me and I keep telling them, try to learn a new trade because what they want is completely automate that. And it's going to be electric vehicles. And how one thing I learned recently is that you cannot charge an electric car's battery if the temperature is below 40 degrees. Does that mean that we're not going to have any food in the winter? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would totally agree about the artificial intelligence because that's what seems to be controlling this planet. When you dive deep into this, this topic of who really runs the world, there seems to be a program that is coming from higher realms of consciousness or even, uh, you know, in this physical reality that it seems to be controlling everything. Now, you know, obviously uh, that's pretty deep and, and pretty far out there for many. But yes, I would agree with artificial intelligence being a problem uh, because we already have these smartphones that are already listening in on us, or we have things, devices like the Amazon, uh, what is it, uh, what's her name, Alexa. Um, you know, I, I, we've tried this experiment with my friends who have Alexa in their house. Just sit around, buy Alexa, and start talking about a certain product and keep talking <laughs> about that product. And you'll see the ads. And then go on your Right. Go to your computer and then you'll see the ads right there. So it's listening to everything. As a matter of fact, this program is probably going through a filter somewhere in Utah. You We're know, talking uh, through AI right now. Exactly. Our phones have advanced AI in them. And again, as it I'm I'm telepathic. And so I don't even have to say things out loud. I can just think about them and then they show up on my phone as ads. Well, and I know I've never had a conversation with anybody about about it. I've never uttered it out loud. And even today I was um, I'm learning Spanish on my phone. I, I have the Duolingo app and I'm learning Spanish. And, and I was on a particular lesson that was kind of hard. And I was like, this lesson's really hard. And then it, it, it sends me a free uh, a free trial for for Duolingo Plus. Like, so that I don't have to get any questions, like if I don't get a penalty for getting questions wrong. So I know the phone listened to me and heard that and it gave, me the, gave me the little pass so I would stay on the app. Um, I mean, I'm still going to keep using it, but, no, but not only AI is all around us. Not only it does it listen to words, but one thing I noticed lately, 
is that, for example, I was working the other day with some tools. I'm making banging sounds with the tools while you're working with my phone in my pocket. Next time I go to social media, I was presented by all these tool things. Oh, buy these tools from you know, Home Depot or this and that. I never had that before. The next day I'm working on a water fountain and you can hear the water falling. Not even mentioning the word tools or water and immediately start saying, oh, water fountain for your home and this and that. This AI not only detects words, but sounds and it mm-hmm. makes an interpretation of what you could possibly be doing. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like to go into the deeper like kind of things around the AI and that obviously it's a part of our reality and it's not going anywhere. Right. And, but, but there are infinite timelines. Uh, and what, one of the things that we've been doing is we've been braiding those timelines together and collapsing the timelines to eliminate the ones that are, are simply based in AI. And, and when you go too far down the path of technology, without focusing on the spirituality, without focusing on the emotional mastery. It's not, um, it's not the journey or the path you want to go down. That, that doesn't, it doesn't get you to the destination. There used to be a planet um, near Earth uh, that was called Maldek. And Maldek went down this AI pathway, um, and their, their life became very, very comfortable. And it was so comfortable that people just became very complacent. And then some of them started to develop a sickness where they, it was a sickness of the mind where they, they wanted more power. And so they started developing weaponry. And because everyone was so complacent and everything was so easy because of the AI, they, there was no one to fight against these people. And they ended up destroying their planet. And that was how, in this Earth cycle, because there have been many, many Earth cycles, um, the first inhabitants came to Earth. They were refugees from a planet. It was nearby ours, which is now the asteroid belt, that exploded. Is that the asteroid belt? Yeah, this is the asteroid belt. And so, and it's not the only planet to go this way. Um, It's not the only planet that this has happened to. Um, But but I'm always very reticent when people talk about these new advanced technologies that that erase all of um, the human experience, basically, or the struggles of the human experience. I don't think that we're supposed to like, clearly somebody has got their elbows on the table here on this game and they're and and we need to, we need to get their elbows off the table and, and reset the board and balance things out here. But when we embrace technology as the solution to everything, instead of the emotional mastery and the spiritual path, we end up in those hollow realities. And there's a movie called The Giver, and it's also a novel, a dystopian novel called The Giver. And it was developed into a film in 2014. And it's an excellent film. And it, it really very well, it, it depicts this, this concept and, and this potential hazard very well. And I suggest people watch it. And we have to take a one and only break. I want to get really deeper when we come back. And also... Because of your God-given abilities of having this psychic ability, psychic ability to see the future. Some people say, just like you can remember the past, you can also remember the future. But some of us don't have that ability or don't know how to hone into the ability. But when we come back, I want to discuss the future, more into AI, more into our hidden history, and much more. How can people learn more about your work, Megan and Joseph? Uh, they can go to the planetswithin.com uh, or they can subscribe to the YouTube channel um, and I put out a newsletter each month um, so they could sign up for free at my uh, either one of my uh, websites planetswithin.com or josephpanthony.com 
or divinemsm.com. That's Divine MSM. There's a lot of videos on there as well. And I also have a YouTube channel, The Divine MSM. And I also have amazing videos with Joe Anthony. It's been really interesting listening to him because I've never heard him talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I also want to discuss what's going to happen in the next few weeks. Everybody's on the edge of their seat. If you turn on the TV, you think you're living in a different world. You have to untap yourself and see the reality. But all of this when we come back with the Sedona Psychics, Megan Martinez and Joseph P. Anthony. This is Mel Hustlerick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.